Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Nice to have you along and thanks for joining me. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Ralph Specht. Ralph is a fascinating guy. He's a business leader, a speaker, and creator of the Soul System, which is a framework that aligns value-creating employee action with broader corporate strategy through shared understanding and a shared purpose. As a founding partner of Spark 44, he was the architect of an innovative industry-first joint venture with Jaguar Land Rover, which grew under his leadership to a global revenue of 100 million plus uh, and 1,200 employees before it joined forces with Accenture Interactive in 2021 and previously consulted with global companies and brands for more than two decades with McCann Erickson. He is the author of Building Corporate Soul, Powering Culture and Success with the Soul System, as well as his newest book, Beyond the Startup, Sparking Operational Innovations for Global Growth. And I love his driving vision, which is to make soulless companies a thing of the past. Ralph, thank you very much for joining me. Great to have you along. Hey, Ben. Great to be with, be with you on the show. Absolutely. And whereabouts are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Frankfurt in Germany. Oh, so, wonderful. Uh, not too far away from Dublin. <laughs> I spent maybe the coldest night of my life ever in Frankfurt. I went to a match against, oh, I can't remember whom, but yeah, at the halftime break, I went into the bathrooms to put my hands under the hairdryer just to warm them up. It was a wonderful city. <laughs> we, we might have been in the same stadium at the same yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're so polite when someone scores a goal and they announce the winner and then, thank you very much, Frankfurt. And everyone says, bitte schön, in unison. So what a wonderful, polite place. So Ralph, yeah, thanks very much for joining me. I gave people a very brief introduction, but maybe you could just add a little bit more context as to your background and particularly on the Spark 44, and then that can feed into the books. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, perhaps I'll, I'll start at the end and then go backwards. Nice. Um, so, um, as you as you mentioned, um, I was a co-founder and, and later on CEO of Spark Forty Four, which was a joint venture global advertising marketing agency um, with Jaguar and Land, Land Rover. And when I left, um, I received lots and lots of messages from, from from my peers and and that's nothing special but i think that would, is something that you would expect uh, for any person at that level to receive but when i received them actually they were different than what i had perhaps expected a little bit um, and and they were different in the sense that they went significantly deeper uh, than what you what you would normally expect and uh they yeah, well, they, they touched me really deeply. And, and uh, I think uh, as I was contemplating about them over a few weeks on uh, whether they should just simply stay on my iPhone and, and I, would, I would take a look at them every now and then, or whether there's a lesson here that I could share with the world, I, I obviously decided for the latter. And that's how Building Corporate Soul uh, actually came about because all the things that you mentioned about size and revenue and, 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 and all the stuff and great work, they're all correct. That's all true, but that's not the legacy that I am most proud of. I'm most proud of my legacy 
that we build a culture that was second uh, to none and that, that uh, all those people actually acknowledged that in the way they shared their messages with me uh, when, when I was stepping down as, as, as CEO. So as I said, I'll start at the end and that was the end of that career. And obviously rewind 10 years uh, before that, more or less, uh, we basically founded uh, Spark 44. Uh, one of my uh, former colleagues from like 20 years ago called me one evening and said, I've got a great idea and a concept and I want to do this. I, I, will you, do you want to join? And I said, Steve, are you, are you crazy? This is true. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't crazy, although sometimes he was a bit crazy, which I think was great for the two of us to, to be a great um, yeah. pair, actually. But uh, um, it was true. And, and we built this thing from scratch. And uh, that obviously allows you to do things differently. And, and so with my 22 years with McCann and for all my other four founding uh, partners at the time um, and, and their backgrounds, we looked each other in the eyes and said, well, what kind of culture do we want to build? And uh, in order to answer that question, we, we flipped the question and said, which culture or which behaviors do we not want to see in our place? And how do we uh, design the organization in a way that that is possible? So um, that was basically the starting point for what then developed into these, these 1,200 people um, over, over time. And um, the culture that I'm very proud of, many are very yeah. proud of, and that uh, got me to this vision of making soulless companies a thing of the past. Nice. Well, I think that's a pretty good sign. I mean, we've already had a sense that you're you're a nice guy anyway. But when people <laughs> when people come up to you decades later and say, "I still like you," and let's let's do something together, that's a nice sign. And the fact that at the, your comment about people uh, giving you feedback that went deeper than the goodbye, good luck, is is a very thoughtful and and yeah, a good sign anyway. Uh, what were some of the things that in the the culture of an organization that you wanted to avoid? I'm guessing things like fear and holding back. Is that right? Or yeah, I think um, I mean in my business life, I don't, I haven't come across anyone who uh, ever started a conversation uh, and, and by saying um, it's no problem that we're dishonest here. So everybody <laughs> thinks they're starting from an honest. Uh, place and and they want to uh, build an organ, honest organ, organization, but then very often that doesn't really happen. And so um, we we had put our our values: be bold, be brave, be honest, up there. Um, obviously on the walls of each office, but uh, as we all know, putting values up on the office wall is there's nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't mean that the that those values are actually. Uh, happening um, and, and, and becoming a reality. So uh, we looked into uh, how can we um, create a value system that works every day and uh, that we measure against. So our evaluation process was pretty much based on the values and how people were adhering to those in their everyday life. And we looked at these evaluations uh, four times a year um, so you had a pretty good track record, whether people uh, and also the leaders, because it worked both ways uh, under the same criteria, um, behaved, delivered, acted, and, um, and, and did the right thing or not. And because we've done it every quarter, 
there was a great uh, opportunity to course correct if necessary um, and, and basically um, recognize issues pretty much at the root rather than fixing something uh, like six months after it happened. Yeah, that makes sense. So the book's called Building Corporate Soul, Powering Culture and Success with the, with the Soul System. So what exactly is the soul system? Well, the soul system is a framework that basically um, looks at three levels um, in terms of the organizational des uh, design. So the three levels are the shared purpose, the shared understanding, and the shared behavior. So they all have one thing in common, the word shared, um, which to me is one of the biggest lessons I've learned during my uh, career, that uh, there might be tons of uh, organizations with a great purpose, with a great vision, and so on and so on uh, so forth. But um, if you ask people inside an organization, they often don't know. So there's two reasons for that. First, the purpose isn't shared by the leadership team and it isn't shared with all employees. So that's why to me, shared purpose is at the heart of it. Um, shared understanding <clears throat> looks at the usual suspects as I would call them, vision, mission values. Um, but the, my framework adds a fourth one which I think is ultimately critical because um, it's about the intended culture and I call that spirit. So shared understanding for me has got four components, the vision, the mission, the values, and the spirit. And then the shared behaviors, that's pretty much self-explanatory. Um, and the book the framework looks at eight key elements from compensation to recruiting, to promoting internally, to um, uh, finding the right partnerships um, as a business, um, how to deal with customers um, and, and make sure you have a, have as, as a great followership uh, as, as possible and, and many, uh, many more. So the integrity of these three levels, the shared purpose and the shared understanding and the, and the shared behaviors is what I think uh, allows companies to build soul to build soul in the business and with the business um, in, in contrast to companies that just have a culture because every company has got a culture you can't have a company without a culture but uh, not, not each company has got soul yeah i love that there's a few different things in there that the shared element what's what sparked that uh, the thought in my mind was um i've seen num numerous times ceos or divisional leaders or whatever going away on a on a business course or a retreat or something like that and coming back inspired and, and having a new direction for the business and so on. And this is the way the things are going to be, but there's none of that shared element that you described in there, um, which is, they're going to drag people along, which is what leadership can possibly be about, but it's, it's sometimes not as effective. The, the question I had when you mentioned a very important, but additional element was that spirit component how do you explain i'm a terrible cynic how do you explain that to the cfo type person well i explain that to the cfo type person um uh, let's have a joint look at the numbers <laughs> <laughs> that's where i would start and there's a there's numerous studies and the, the book's full of research and studies and surveys and and things like that and there's one for instance from the gallup institute um that uh, looks at the impact of a shared purpose on productivity, on profits, on revenues, and on, on, on customer loyalty. And, and uh, for all these four dimensions, 
um, they are they are in the in, in, in the in the black zone, so they're all uh, plus plus plus, and and the plus depends between eighteen percent plus and twenty one percent plus, and that's a language each CFO and also each CEO um, understands. And there's there's another study which I like a lot, which is from the OC Tanner Institute in the US, which is about global cultures, and they've got a global culture index, which is interesting because it looks at um, the variances between uh, corporate cultures across geographies, because obviously we all know that uh, culture in China and India and the US in, in Australia and Ireland and in Italy and in Brazil uh, are vastly different. Um, and, and, and that index recognizes that, but it also looks into the, the global um, impact of what OC Tanner calls a thriving culture, which is a synonym for a company with soul. And a thriving culture from their perspective leads to uh, employees uh, that are uh, 13 times one three uh, more happy than uh, their, their colleagues, leads to uh, companies having uh, a double likelihood of increased revenues uh, companies uh, or employees in those companies run the risk, run, run, only run a third of the risk of, of an average company to feel burned out. And the companies themselves uh, only have a one third risk of massive uh, or mass uh, layoffs. So it, that's a language every CFO understands. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and something else you, you mentioned about the, the value, the mission, vision values of companies around the world are constantly reevaluating them and communicating them and possibly getting by in at different stages. But I've always sort of toyed with the idea that it would be fun to go into organizations and actually survey people blind, not tell them, have no posters and, and town hall meetings about these are our corporate vision, mission, vision of values, but actually survey people and say, well, what do you think they are? And then see how they align up with the ones that were intended in the in the boardroom. Yeah, I think that's a great um, uh, uh, great idea because I think I mean you know what the, what 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 the what the result will be. There's, there's, there aren't that many companies where um, uh, if you ask the uh, the guy at reception or at the gate uh, or the, um, the janitor um, uh, why they are here. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and and actually, when you start thinking about it, um, you only get there when you ask the right questions. So, uh, when you talk about, or when I talk about uh, shared purpose, shared understanding, and shared behavior, um, you could also translate these three terms into three words. Shared purpose equals the being of of the company. Shared understanding is about the believing. And shared behavior is about the belonging. And if you look into being, believing, uh, belonging, you can ask on the being, why am I here? And for a leader, why are we here? Mm. Right? So you got to look at it from both the individual as well as the collective um, uh, sense. And if you talk about the believing, same thing. What do we believe in and how do we shape belief in others? Um, and if we shape believe in others, the janitor will know why they are here and, and, and why the company is doing what, what it's doing. And on belonging, uh, what does it feel like to belong here and how do we create belonging for others? So six simple questions 
But if you're able to reflect and uh, and answer them, you've, you've, you've already made a long, long way. I love it. I love it. And of course, he triggered another memory of the, uh, is it the janitor who was working when JFK went walking uh, through I mean, with NASA? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's a great example. If if um, if a janitor says, "Well, I'm here to make uh, uh, to, uh, to get our man on the moon," then uh, he fully understood what his role um, was, and and is a very similar. I love the janitor um, uh, example uh, because on 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 my multiple flights to the UK <clears throat> when I was uh, running Spark Forty Four. Uh, I once came across another janitor uh, example as I was reading the, the newspaper on the plane, which was a uh, like an FT German FT um, um, yeah. newspaper handles. But there was a journalist who was uh, writing a, a report about Porsche, and uh, he he attended a press conference where they I don't know what they talked about because I didn't remember that. But what I still remember was the side comment that he put next to his article, which said, okay, so here we were, the journalists standing at this bar table, like a, like a high table, um, and uh, the table wasn't, wasn't standing flat, it was shaking um, a bit. And, and um, I think you, you will find companies where nobody worries and nothing happens, nobody uh, comes by. You'll find companies where somebody comes by and, and puts a bit of paper under one of the legs to make sure it stands still. Um, but that didn't happen there. What happened was the janitor came along and uh, drilled uh, one of the legs into the into the floor, um, <laughs> and uh, all the journalists looked at him and said, "What what is this?" And 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 he responded, "Here at Porsche, we do things." hundred percent or we don't do them at all I love it and so I mean you either get it and, and you only get it when it's shared and when people have a chance to relate it to their everyday uh, work and, and the things that they do and and if you if you're able to do that it goes a long long way but there's so much that goes into that little story though as in that the, the the janitor comes along, drills the table down fine, says this inspirational thing. But there's a culture that sits behind that, not just uh, we do everything 100% or we don't do it, but uh, when he's done it, he's been praised or supported, he's been communicated with, perhaps he's trained others in it and has been, there's there's a whole ecosystem. Yeah, he, he probably acts as a role model for, for many, many people. Yeah. That- uh, actually do completely different jobs but uh, he, he he basically shares an attitude of how to do things here and that's what the shared behaviors are all about i love it yeah so i imagine there's there's a lot of that um that sort of ethos within the book so that's uh, building corporate soul um can i turn then to the other book which is just as interesting um so beyond the startup sparking operational innovations for global growth can you um, share what inspired you to write the book. Are you a glutton for punishment for one thing? Um, uh, yeah, and, and what's in there? No, I think um, if you look at both books, uh, the way I would, would uh, connect them, Building Corporate Soul is, is basically describing the philosophy and, and Beyond the Startup uh, describes the application in, in, in its finite uh, detail, right? So... I already mentioned that we were sitting in this room back in whenever that was 2011 um, and 
thinking about the culture we wanted to have and, and, and how to build the organization for it to reflect that. Um, but still then it's um, it's still a few flip charts and, 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 and a few notes and, and, and perhaps even a PowerPoint, but that doesn't get you there, right? I mean, that's the starting point and then you have to act uh, on it. And that's a tough one, right? I mean, everyone in HR knows that, uh, and somebody said it to me, um, those, all those years ago is that, you know, um, uh, you, you can see whether a, a company um, really thinks culture is important when it costs money because there are these situations where that, that have, a, have, a, have a money impact yeah. when you have to make a choice. And, uh, um, and, and that's such, such an important thing to reflect on and, and always uh, remind ourselves that um, if we can relate things back to the purpose of the company, then I think we have a great opportunity to um, leave a mark and leave, leave an impact. Um, and uh, um, I'm, I'm talking about another startup um, that, that I think is on everybody's mind still because um, it, it hit the news last November big time, which is better.com. Everybody knows better.com. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because uh, they fired whatever uh, 900 people, 25% of their workforce via Zoom, right? Nasty, yeah. Um, and so no, lots of people never knew about better.com until that happened. Um, there's another company uh, which is featured in the Soul book, which actually also um, uh, laid off 25% of the workforce. And it wasn't just 900, it was 1,600 people. Wow. Uh, but nobody heard about it. Uh, and the reason nobody heard about it was the uh, the company leadership managed that process or that 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 situation in a way that I think is ex exemplary about how you how you should deal with it. And the company is well known the world over. It's Airbnb, and oh, yes. uh, and, and they basically uh, Chesky and his team were able to to uh, connect everything they had to do in this situation back to their, their purpose of which is all about belonging um, and and took care of as much as they could do and, and and anybody who's ever been in touch with american labor law knows that it's one of the most rigid ones um, uh, on earth and, and they actually took a i would rather say very european approach to managing that that uh, mass layoff and uh, and communicated it well to both their staff that were impacted, as well as to those who stayed, and uh, whose hearts went with everyone. So uh, you you can you, you can manage that. And, and obviously, when we were um, uh, building Spark Forty Four, it, it was critical to us that uh, we could instill this sense of purpose. And our purpose was to challenge convention so that amazing things can happen. Um, and uh, if you put yourself in the shoes of like the, the one person who's the point person operating for a single market out there in Japan who only has a connection via GoToMeeting to, 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 uh, to, the, to the hub agencies and, 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 and basically uh, gets a visit uh, twice a year for two days and once a year joins for a company meeting, um, finding a way for companies to well, to build a soul, um, even in, in, in those remote 
environments um, has been a challenge, but also um, obviously a blessing because um, as those, those emails that I received showed, um, people recognized that this was coming from the heart and this was, um, uh, well, it was sincere and, 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 and my leader colleagues and I, we were, um, we were committed to, to, to make things happen in a different way. And, and that's what, what it showed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've witnessed downsizing in many locations and it, it can be done well and it can be done very poorly indeed. And as you've demonstrated now and in, in the book, yeah, it, it can have such massive impact in, in different directions. Um, on the flip side, in terms of the growth from what you went through with Spark 44 and in your corporate career, do you have any advice on how you can transform what some people have in their heads from the, the social network movie and those sort of things of a bunch of smelly engineers eating pizza at two o'clock in the morning coding furiously to growing rapidly from early stage startup into a robust and thriving business how do you make that transition and sustain it well um the pizza helps every now and then but it is a <laughs> recipe for success i can tell you that i think the i mean if i reflect on on what allowed us to to grow that 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 uh, that big um, I mean, we started with four offices and 20 people each, so 80 people. And within three years, those 80 people basically became 250 people in six locations. Wow. Um, and that was very organic. Um, although it feels big, I mean, tripling, um, it kind of felt pretty organic. But, um, but then um, the business tripled again within six months. So from six offices to 18 offices and from, from 250 people to 750 people. Um, and that was the real test. And, and I remember Steve and I had this conversation and, and, and he was kind of uh, contemplating about whether we should really do this because he was afraid of the, of, of the cultural impact. And, and I was too, but I, I said to him, you know, we've got these people um, who've been working as point people in, 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 in locations where we didn't have an office, uh, but all those places where the places where we needed to open up an office. And I said, you know, these people are now with us for two years, three years, more or less. They've developed uh, perfectly. They've become leaders of their own right. We might, we might lose them um, at one point anyway, because um, they won't be happy doing the same thing again and again and again for the next five years. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I think we can leverage um, both what they have learned about the culture of the place and, and our working work procedures and, 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 and ways of working um, and give them an opportunity to grow um, to the next level. Uh, and that's what we did. So for the additional 12 agencies, I think we had, uh, I think we had 10 that we could, uh, where we could basically bring in a leader that has had grown with us um, over the past two to three years. Um, and for the uh, other two, we had uh, had to find uh, find a new leader. One was bang on. We, we That was right, like the perfect fit. And one was exactly the opposite. And so, um, but if you look at it overall, you, you can say, well, okay, the, those were 18 offices and pretty much on 
fit um, in the leadership, and that's kind of a wonderful place place to be. And 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 all these guys grew um, grew further, and that's kind of what the um, the the messages that I received for building corporate soul actually reflected. I mean, one oh, yeah. uh, one of the uh, the guys that we sent. Uh, he said uh, when 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 or, or wrote to me um, about the conversation we had about sending him to this place. He said, "I saw the light of opportunity in your eyes because that's what you do. You understand people and you develop them. You trusted me, and you sent me to this place as the representative representative for Spark Forty Four. And that's kind of what you do when I think you fulfill your you know, one of your key responsibilities as a, as a leader." recognizing people with their abilities, the ones that they think of themselves and the other ones that they don't are aware of that they have them um, and, and, and take them to the take them to the level. And, and many people wrote to me saying, we've accomplished things that we, would, we never thought capable of. And I thought this was both um, uh, a great thank you to me, but also thank you to themselves because um, they did it themselves. Uh, me and my colleagues, only created the, the the platform and the environment where they could do it, but uh, actually they were capable of doing it themselves. And, and it's great to see, and it's great to see um, them growing further. Absolutely. Um, I, I remember uh, what happens in a downturn for a business is often they'll, they'll slash the budget and they'll stop training or they'll stop, you, you can't use recruitment agencies or whatever it may be. Um, and I remember this happening in a, in a large international company. It was a, all sorts of things were cut, including you cannot use recruitment firms. Um, and everyone was panicking because many locations, that's all they did. They, they just farmed out work to the recruitment firms. And that's fine. Um, but I remember one leader, not a problem, not a problem at all, because he was constantly doing two things. One is building up his team and helping them develop in the, in the manner that you just described. And secondly, he was just constantly looking for talent that he would hire one day. Not even I've got a vacancy now, but... I, I can even just the 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 janitor story and the, the Porsche um, scenario. You know, he might remember that janitor and think, "Well, we have an operational role that one day I'd love to get that person in because they've got the attitudes and and uh, behavioral approach that I'd love." And yeah, I mean, you always it. have to have a, have a pipeline. Um, yeah, and and because you never know when you when you need need those people, um, and you never know when 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 they might be ready yeah. to come ship. Um, yeah. I mean, one one key element that obviously was discussed heavily with, with the, this great resignation um, thing was the McKinsey study from last year, which basically uh, identified the top three reasons why people are leaving. And the first one is no sense of belonging. And the second one is I'm not feeling valued by the organization. And the third one is I'm not valued by my manager. And you look at those and you're like, Jesus Christ, why is it so difficult? <laughs> um, because these are really easy to fix. But employers still think uh, the number number one reason is they want more money and uh, they want to promotion the next big job. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not suggesting they they, 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 they there is no appetite for for better payment. But um, money alone doesn't solve um, relationship issues. Absolutely. Now, it would be negligent of me to ask. Um, for your thoughts or advice on the on the growth side, because you grew so rapidly, how did you do that? In terms of the business growth, whether it be marketing, was it all just 
business development, networking? How, how did you manage such amazing growth? No, I think the the the, the, the story behind that <clears throat> that massive growth is very simple. The <clears throat> obviously we had a joint venture partner and that was Jaguar and Land Rover. So we created the agency from from scratch, and the, and the first client was Jaguar, right? And so um, uh, the idea had always been to open the business up for other clients. Um, and uh, but we also said let's let's build it first and let's make sure it works uh, before going after other clients. And so after two three years, we felt like this is now uh, in in a very good shape and we can take on other clients. There were some that that signaled interest, and uh, our Jaguar Land Rover colleagues at the time said that's a great idea. But before you go outside, let's take on the Land Rover brand. The Land Rover brand at the time was like um uh three times bigger. Uh, and and so we had to had to build 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 upon that and so that was phase two of the growth and then phase three of the growth was clients outside um uh, jaguar and land rover um and 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 uh that worked uh pretty pretty well in, in, in the time when i when i was uh, running running the show brilliant brilliant so across the the two books and the work you've done and, and continue to do Perhaps I could ask for your thoughts on on where do you see the world of work changing, uh, whether it be HR or the world of work changing, and then what advice do you have for listeners to better either grow their business or produce a a more successful purpose-driven organisation? Well, I think think in terms of of HR, um, I think the biggest change is, is, is just coming. It's just on the doorstep. Um, and, And it's very simple. A um, friend of mine who's, who's running a consultancy business um, is shared with me one, one observation that he had um, because he's got one, uh, one pattern or one, one habit. Uh, whenever he starts a project, he talks and he talks to the CEO, he asks one question, which is, please, um, what's your favorite department um, in your uh, company? And then the CEO responds and he gets various responses. Um, but he said to me, and he's been doing this for 15 years or so, he said he had, met, he had not had one conversation with a CEO where the CEO said HR. Ooh. And that tells a story, I think, in itself. And so the change that's up on the doorstep is happening in the US. Uh, with the SEC, um, who is uh, right in the summer um, putting uh, the final marks on what they call a human capital disclosure policy. It means every listed company has to um, uh, disclose information on their human capital. And uh, that is far, far, far more then how many staff do we have? How many male, how many female, how many full-time, how many part-time, how many whatever. Um, that really goes into the, into the depth. And um, I can't imagine any listed company moving forward when they have shareholder meetings, that this is just gonna be the CEO and the CFO. This has to be the CHRO as well. Um, and so that will bring a big, big, big change. So your initial question in the beginning of our conversation about 
how do you convince the CFO, uh, will get a completely different uh, twist because the CFO will require CHRO <laughs> uh, to help him um, uh, find the answers or the, the, the key points uh, for those sessions. Um, and as the shareholder meetings happen quarterly or, and, and the big ones annually, it'll be a continuous conversation. So things will change. And for HR directors or, or CHROs, um, they will have to find a way to communicate with their CEO and, and CFO in a different way. Um, and, and I think that that'll be a profound change that will impact all businesses in the, in the coming years um, uh, big time. I think that's fascinating. And you're, you're completely right. And I can see there being a difference in performance with people. Some will go forth to the, the CFO, the CEO, uh, the board with numbers that are inappropriate. Perhaps they're talking about days to hire in, in the vacant roles or number of training days delivered. And, and the CEO will be sitting there going, well, that's not going to help me with the SEC. No. They don't care about that. It's the bigger picture and the risks. It's an investment Yes. Report, really. Yeah. So, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's an excellent point. So, what does the future hold for you and where can people learn more about you? Well, so um, there's my, my website, which is buildingcorporatesoul.com. You can sign up for a newsletter there, connect with me on, 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 on LinkedIn. Um, there's a section on the website, which is called the Soul Experience. And that is all about um, seminars and coachings that, that people can book onto and, and there's a, a great team that, that uh, supports me um, in, on my vision of making Solus companies a thing of the past with uh, uh, consultants based in the UK and in, in, in Germany to, um, well, to help companies, um, well, I think work against my purpose, which is to transform the value performance and impact of organizations. Well, that's great. So yeah, folks, check out the show notes for the website, buildingcorporatesoul.com. Yeah, and Ralph, if I'm in Frankfurt again, perhaps we can go to a football match. Absolutely, let's do that. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time today. Ben, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.